Hey, Kansas City. You're listening to Real Humans by Gina Kaufman, a weekly podcast from KCUR Studios. On this episode, what it's like to be a writer in the middle of the country with a book for teens hitting the shelves during a book-banning frenzy. It's very gay, and I'm sure it's going to be challenged everywhere that they're challenging gay books. Adib Karam tries not to obsessively monitor where his books have been banned. I don't think it's very much of a badge of honor. And I tend to mostly pay attention to stuff that's a little closer to home that I can, like, be writing to school boards or reps or whatever. But last week, a friend casually asked which of his books had been challenged, and Adib wasn't sure. He did know that his 2020 novel, Darius the Great Deserves Better, was on a list of hundreds of titles under investigation by Texas State Representative Matt Krause. In October, the Republican lawmaker sent a 16-page spreadsheet to the Texas Education Agency, requesting a detailed inventory of the titles on school premises. His interest in the books connected back to House Bill 3979, a new Texas law that bans educational materials that might provoke, quote, discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of the individual's race or sex, end quote. So yeah, Darius the Great Deserves Better was on that list. And so I couldn't remember if Darius the Great is Not Okay had also been challenged anywhere, so I was Googling it. Darius the Great is Not Okay was Adib's breakout novel, published back in 2018. It's about a kid named Darius, a biracial kid whose mom's family lives in Iran. In this first book, Darius meets his grandparents in person for the first time and confronts his own depression. The second Darius book, Darius the Great Deserves Better, features an older, more confident Darius navigating teen romance with his first boyfriend. So Adib, the author, is Googling his books and... It came up that I had like a Wikipedia entry for the book. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that that was an achievement I wanted to unlock. He sent out a tweet about the thrill of discovering that his fictional character, based loosely on his own life story, had gained Wikipedia status. But it was his casual confession about not knowing whether his books were still allowed in American schools that caught my attention. So I called him up. Hello, how are you doing? To find out what that's like. For me, it's really hard to tease out how it affects me as an author from how it kind of affects me as a reader, especially as, you know, the, the young reader I used to be, being queer, being Iranian. And, you know, growing up in first pre and then eventually post 9-11 America, thinking of the kind of books I read that were in our curriculum, that teachers talked about, that librarians encouraged. They all erased people like me. Adib grew up in the 1990s in Gladstone, Missouri, just on the northern edge of Kansas City. He was raised by a dad who'd come to the U.S. from Iran for college, where he'd met Adib's mom, an American student. The two got married and considered moving to Iran to start a family. But as Adib told me in 2018... When the Islamic Revolution happened, they kind of put the kibosh on that and uh, stayed here in the States and raised me and my sister here. Adib remembers feeling singled out as a kid because of his name, which sounded foreign to his classmates. Then came the 2001 attacks on the World Trade Center and Pentagon. Adib was in high school at the time, and what had been kind of a neutral feeling of difference took on a political charge. It got ugly. 
kids called him names. I grew up not knowing that I could even be an author because we didn't see media with Iranians except as terrorists. I grew up thinking that being gay meant that I was going to live a sad life and then die of AIDS. Like, that's all the media we got exposed to. He's published three books in four years. That's really fast, but Adib is trying to correct that narrative he grew up with. He's putting his own truth on the shelf for the next generation, and that feels urgent to him and to others. There's a sizable cohort of writers in his generation, very intentionally, bringing their diverse, lived experiences to the page for children and young adult readers. And those are the narratives now being targeted for erasure around Kansas City and elsewhere. I think of all the young black and brown and queer and disabled kids that are seeing themselves in books for the first time, that are getting to share bits of themselves with their classmates through literature. And now having that all challenged is really distressing. When people want to ban literature, they often claim that the books make students uncomfortable. But which students are they talking about? The white is unspoken, the straight is unspoken, the Christian is unspoken. The students made more comfortable by this literature are also students, a point that often gets ignored. Adib also brings up another aspect of this book-banning trend that doesn't get much attention. Public outrage has tended to focus on affronts to long-established classics by cherished authors. Books like Mouse by Art Spiegelman, a harrowing graphic novel about the traumas of Holocaust survival. A few weeks ago, Mouse was removed from a Tennessee school district's eighth-grade curriculum after board members argued it contained objectionable language and nudity. Or The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison, banned last month by a school district in Wentzville, Missouri. The ACLU of Missouri has recently announced plans to file a lawsuit against the district for its actions. When books like Mouse and The Bluest Eye get pulled from curricula or library shelves... Oftentimes people will go out of their way to find out what the fuss is about. In the case of Mouse, sales soared nationally after the Tennessee ban. But books by new authors who haven't had the chance to cultivate that kind of impassioned readership, they meet a different fate. That list came out of Texas, had 850 books on it. Maybe five of those people are going to check out. The other 845 are just going to quietly disappear with no one knowing about them. And a thousand more books that are similar to those books are just never going to get bought by a library or added to a classroom collection because people are going to be afraid of repercussions and say it's not worth it. And so that's thousands, maybe hundreds of, I mean, Texas has big school districts, so maybe hundreds of thousands of students uh, who will be denied literature because it's, you know, dangerous to them. At the same time, they're going to be practicing shelter-in-place drills every month or every couple months because we are fine banning books but not banning guns. In the book Adib wrote, the one that ended up on that Texas list, Darius the Great Deserves Better, a straight dad has the obligatory awkward sex talk with his son, a gay teen just starting to date someone. And the dad handles it perfectly arguably a little too perfectly. Adib and I talked about that in 2020 when the book came out. I feel like sometimes my job as a writer is to show the world as it is, and sometimes my job is to show the world as it could be. I always want to show what could be and and tell young people, like, you deserve what well, you deserve better and that they they have a right to expect 
these good things from the people around them, even though sometimes people around us fail us, that we still deserve the very best. Kids who might hope to see themselves finally reflected in literature aren't the only ones who stand to lose out because of book bans. The America in these challenged books is the country all students will inherit, a diverse place with a complicated history, a sometimes unfair history, a country full of people with different vantage points and experiences depending on where they live, who they love, how they pray, how much money they have, the color of their skin. That'll be something they have to navigate someday, whether school prepares them for it or not. Adib's next novel, Kiss and Tell, comes out in March. And it could be a very useful part of that kind of 21st century education. Uh, it's a novel about Hunter Drake, who is the only gay member uh, of a boy band. They're going on their first kind of major arena tour. Hunter is set up as this kind of picture-perfect kid. And that image is compromised when leaked texts from a past relationship go viral. Adib says the book is fun. It's full of, like, fake BuzzFeed quizzes and song lyrics. But on a deeper level, it's about something bigger. The rise of TikTok and, you know, before that, Vine and YouTube and just the way that we consume young people's identities in particular was really on my mind. Hunter Drake is someone who has to figure out what to do when other people try to tell him how to be himself. Dare I say an important lesson for people of all ages in today's world, and one I hope will stay on bookshelves once it's published. That's it. Thanks for listening to Real Humans by Gina Kaufman. This podcast is produced by Mackenzie Martin with music from Blue Dot Sessions. It's based on a column I write for kcur.org. Gabe Rosenberg edits the column, which you can read every Sunday, kcur.org. Carlos Moreno takes photos for it, and they are definitely worth checking out. To subscribe to this podcast, just look up Real Humans by Gina Kaufman in any of the usual places and tell us what you think, either by leaving a review or sending me an email, gina at kcur.org. Until next week, over and out. <laughs>